Want to beat the burnout and find out what it really takes to boost your mojo? Welcome to the Mojo Show. Join Kyle Hargreaves and David Elko, a couple of guys that used to be fit, then got fat, but managed to get fit again. They're on a mission to cut through all of the BS from the world of health, fitness, and self-help, and share their knowledge and experience as coaches to help you consistently look good, feel great, and be at your best. Thank you for listening to The Mojo Show. To get more from David and Kyle on health, fitness, and mindset, head on over to our free Facebook community, The Mojo Hub. It's a place to ask questions, share your wins, and get community support from other awesome, like-minded people who want to look, feel, and perform at their best without having to constantly bust their balls. Just search The Mojo Hub on Facebook. See you next time. That's it. Cool. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Mojo Show with myself, David Elko, and on the other end of the line, we have Kyle Hargreaves. How are you, Kyle? That's my crowd here. <laughs> There you go. Homemade sound effects right there. <laughs> no expense spared. Indeed, indeed. I mean, the best it is right now is my wife, Jamie, is just sitting there looking at me, giving me that, what the fuck are you doing? Kind of <laughs> is that not her default look? Rude. Rude. Cut. Yes, that is her default look. Normally, it's when I come up with some other harebrained scheme that, you know, going down the stairs on a mattress with the kids is perfectly fine. <laughs> There's no danger here. <laughs> Um, no, I don't do that. She doesn't do that. I just want to go on record. I am talking complete rubbish. Not at all. Um, <laughs> not in the slightest. No, no. Um, it's all good. Good to know. Oh, yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, no, it's all good. So, Kyle, what, what are we going to chat about this week? We tested out the new software. We did. And um, the good news is that the world didn't blow up. Um, hopefully this week the sound quality will be a little bit better. We had a little bit of a technical issue, but I think fingers crossed we'll, we'll be all right. Yep. So fingers crossed. I've changed headsets. So... Okay, well, I've got a, I've got a topic for us. Go I thought it could be an interesting one to dive into. Um, a diff- the difference between conscious and unconscious goals, and how unconscious goals lead to goals, goals, goals. God, here we go. How unconscious goals uh, can lead to self-sabotage. Oh, that's deep. That's very deep. So just, just to clarify a few terms then, Kyle, right, um, what, what do you mean by conscious and unconscious? Because unconscious goals are not goals that you have when you're out or asleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they might be. They might be. Yeah, but you might, the goal might be to stay asleep or wake up. Who knows? Right, so a conscious goal is one that you are consciously aware of. So say, for example, ah, uh, oh, you want to earn more money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, so maybe it could be that your goal to earn more money is to get a better job. It's something that you, that at a conscious level you are aware of and you know what's going on and you can direct yourself to that goal. An unconscious goal is one that's buried in your subconscious somewhere that you're not consciously aware of that, affects the way that you behave um is usually linked to safety security survival needs or something like that yeah. but it's something that you're that's not in your conscious awareness so like for example if we, we're looking in terms of self-sabotage it's 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 that need or that or that thing that's going on at an unconscious level that drives you to perform a behavior that goes um 
or that's either habitual or goes against your conscious goals or something like that. Not all subconscious goals clash with conscious goals. You know, they can be in alignment and that's when we're, when we do our best stuff is when they're aligned. But it's something that you're not aware of at a conscious level. It's not, it's not in the, it's not in the front of your head. You have to do a bit of digging to like unpack it and realize what's going on. It's like auto software. So it's like the different, it's like like the hard, like the operating system on your PC, whereas like your conscious goal is the piece of software that you're using at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the context of this, we're thinking of, so say for example, use that analogy of, oh, well, I want to earn more money. I want to get a better job. But you constantly procrastinate. You don't put out the applications. You don't, do the things you need to do to get the better job. But although on one hand you're saying, well, I want the better job and I want the more money, but my actions are the complete opposite. So what's going on there is that generally there's a clash between the conscious goal, which is the thing that you consciously want to move towards and the unconscious goal, whereas there's some sort of threat or there's something, there's something not quite right there or something or some need that's not being fulfilled by performing that action that's driving you at an unconscious level and sabotaging your behavior and causing you to do the opposite of what you say you want to do. Yeah, I like, I like that. And um, it's, it's an interesting one because, you know, in that case where it's like, I want to earn more money, then you've got to get a better job or, you know, grow your business as another example. That a lot of the, the, the fears there that, that may drive that is like a big one. I know I've, when I've spoke to people in the past, it's like fear of rejection. Yeah, fear of, absolutely. Fear. fear of the unknown, fear of not, not being able to perform said task yeah. or, you know, oh, I've got this new job, but I have no idea what's going to happen. People are going to find me out. I'm going to lose my job. All of these kind of like, and a lot of these thoughts may not necessarily happen at a conscious level no, either. You might, you might be aware of them. You, you might be totally unaware of them, but there could be something going on there that's completely screwing up your progress, Like trying to run a business is a prime example there's the imposter syndrome thing like like you say people are going to find me out there's the fact that i don't i can't predict necessarily predict what i'm going to earn every month that's that's dangerous compared to a safe a safe job so you know you end up sticking to the safe job because it's predictable and predicts predictability means safety which then fulfills that need for safety and security which is always going to override the need for something nice you know survival is going to trump everything um so that you know that's one example fat loss is a great example it's like the whole <clears throat> oh i want to lose weight but i can't stop necking cookies you know it's like um, you, you you say that you want to lose weight you want to make these changes but you end up finding yourself back in that unconscious pattern of not exercising of not getting enough sleep um, not prioritizing yourself, not eating properly, all of those things, because there's an un- there's an unconscious goal or unconscious program running that clashes with the conscious goal of oh well I want to be fit and healthy. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. In NLP, I believe that don't they call these well formed outcomes when the two of them work together? Is that right? Kind of, yeah. Um, well, like, uh, yeah. Essentially, a well formed outcome is is kind of links in with like. Um, an outcome specification or a, or a goal setting program okay. so or, or process um so you've you've clearly defined um what you want to get and how you're going to get there um but part of that part of that process part of actually forming those goals is one like one of the effective bits this is where like the smart goals problem like falls apart a little bit 
is that one of the things that it doesn't cover is like is, is ecology. So like the, the concept of okay, is pursuing this goal actually going to cause me problems somewhere else in my life? You know, and this is where the unconscious drive starts to come in because in the process of trying to pursue something, you're actually creating danger around or, or potentially creating danger around some other area of your life that that your brain perceives as a threat to safety and survival. So it could be financial, it could be relational. Um, you know, in extreme cases, it could be physical, but, um, yeah. So well, once all that stuff's taken into account, and once you start to unpick that stuff, then, then yeah, you would then have technically have a well-formed outcome. So you're on the right lines there, mate, to be fair. Not bad guesswork there, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was relevant. Ooh, ooh. It, it, what you said there, like about the, the, the subconscious drive, so guys, something that, that I do want to bring to your attention, and it's actually what you just said there, Kyle, has made me sort of think about two things. So one is, a lot of the times, you know, like Kyle was saying there, you've got your conscious drivers and your unconscious drivers, right? A lot of the times you'll get told that, oh, you don't want it bad enough. Well, actually, you know, with, with people actually technically wanting is just a desire to succeed. It's not the actual end result. So technically, my want is actually quite high. <laughs> if you want to get perceived with people like that, um, but, but genuinely, like, oh, you just don't want it bad enough. Mm, yeah. Again, it's much like Kyle said about stuff. It's, it's an oversimplification. You know, it's like it's yeah, because it, it, it's that simple. Because <laughs> you know, well, think of it this way, right? If, in that particular example, like what, what wanting to a degree becomes yeah. irrelevant. Right, because we all want things. Your want is essentially your motivation or your inspiration to kind of that sparks the idea for change in the yeah. first place, right? But imagine you're I say you want to go um to the you want to go to the shop. Well no, you want to take the kids to school in the morning, okay? That's your your conscious goal is to take the kids to school in the morning. Your unconscious mind is that child that doesn't want to go to school. <laughs> yeah. Right, so you're constantly battling with a five-year-old that wants to stay home because your 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 unconscious mind has got the maturity of about a five-year-old at best most of the time. So you know, as much as you want to get that kid to school, that kid doesn't want to go. You can want all you like, but you're gonna have a battle on your hands. I can vouch for that one, guys. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. That's that's I like that. It's, it is like a child, the inner child, like getting his tummy, kicking the toys out of the pram. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the, this is the thing with like the unconscious or the subconscious mind, whatever you want to call it, the limbic system. It likes things to stay the same. It likes predictability. It likes to know exactly what's going to happen at any given time. It wants. It likes consistency, which is why we always revert back to those. Like short or like behaviors that are unhelpful in the long run, but some fulfill kind of a, some sort of short term need. It's why we always revert back to food and people go back to drugs or bad relationships and things like that because it's predictable. Even though they know it's crap and it's not good for them, they know what they're going to get out of it. It's predictable. And something that's predictable is crap, as far as the brain is concerned, is safer than something it yeah, can't predict. Um, and guys, if you want to understand the power of this, right? So obviously, you know, Kyle, Kyle has way more knowledge in terms of like the the coaching side than me. He's done a lot more studying, um, right? In terms of the physiology, right? We've we're part of our stuff is obviously looking at how we can help people break habits, 
part of that is like talking about smoking sometimes to patients in there when we're in clinic. This is the power of this stuff about people going back to, like Kyle says, about going back to predictable things. Okay, there are known cases and evidence of people that get lung cancer, okay, but won't stop smoking. You know, like any, any honestly, interesting. like you, you, most of the times, and we, and we spoke about it, Kyle, like, you know, sometimes fear of death and like that, that kind of high level fear causes people to change, but not always. It's, it's something that a lot isn't spoken about a lot. It's like sometimes there are people that don't because that, that predictability, mm. that level of repeatability and predictability is that high that even in the face of a potential, you know, life threatening situation, they won't change. Well, this is this is the thing, isn't it? This this comes back to that subconscious programming again, and the immaturity of the subconscious mind. It cannot differentiate between the long term danger of "oh, this is going to kill me," and the immediate danger of "oh, I'm stressed out. This is scary. I can't deal with anything else. Right, I need my fix." You know, it it can't differentiate between the two things. All it can see is the short term outcome. Is like, I need this now. So that that's why you can go on and on and on about how much you want to change and think about all these wonderful habits, but still find yourself at the bottom of a tub of ice cream every night. You know, it's the, it's 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 a really powerful driver. And then until we actually start to bring the need and like the, the the need and the unconscious goal into awareness, then you're constantly beginning to be having the same problem. Constantly fighting that and going back now. So on that note, Kyle, something else that, that popped into my mind, the second one was that, you know, you were saying about, oh, you know, people saying, I want to lose weight because I constantly go back and eat the cookies. Well, that's, that must be where a lot of, uh, and I hate to say this because, yeah, I'm about to slag the, the industry off again. What a surprise. <laughs> that's <laughs> not like you. Completely new. Um, where a lot of, like, a lot of the short-term fitness programs actually get their hook, you know, like, oh, do this and eat what you want. You know, that kind of marketing. We've all seen it, guys, you know, and, I, and I'm sure like I've probably even used it in the past myself. And it's, it's, it's just cringeworthy. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, of course you can. You can lose weight while still eating all the cookies that you want. <clears throat> it's just like, because it plays into, like Kyle's saying, it gives you, there's the conscious goal. Yeah. And oh, look, it actually meets your uh, yeah, unconscious drivers as well. Oh, that's sneaky. And nasty. <laughs> well, there's a bit of that, but then don't, don't forget as well that it, to a degree, you can override the unconscious drivers, but you can't do it consistently. Yeah. So, which is why a lot of these short-term programs have that yo-yo yeah. effect. Is why people start and stop. You get that initial bit where you can override it, but like that willpower thing. But willpower is a finite resource; it's a form of energy that that burns out. And once that's burned out. The, the, the unconscious drive will always revert and it'll always kick back in and it'll always win until you actually deal with the issue underneath that's causing it to sabotage, for lack of a better word, in the first place. So, yeah, in, in the short term, you can force yourself to do it, but it's not a sustainable strategy. It will, at some point, in the not-too-distant future, it will get the better of you. You can, you can only... You can only um, overpower it for so long sure. um yeah i think i think again that's that's something where a lot of people if we spoke about it much because you know it's like 
I don't think we have. It's a really interesting subject, guys, because you see a lot of it promoted in in the fitness industry and coaching industries in general. It's like, you know, you don't desire it enough. You haven't got the willpower to sustain it. Right, guys, it's it's a really interesting subject. And willpower, I find fascinating, right? Because if you're in a life-threatening situation, let's just say that, you know, for whatever reason, next time I walk outside my house, I get a black bag shoved in the back of a van, and I'm strung up being tortured. I know this is graphic. I'm sorry, but I'm going there, right? Now, my choice is either stay here and get tortured or, you know, I'm going to chew through my own arm and get out of the handcuffs, as an example. I've clearly been watching way too much Netflix in lockdown, (laughs) you know, but look, I've chewed my own arm off and I've escaped. As horrible as that is, okay, and it's disgusting, the, the the pain of that is far less than staying there and being under torture. That's a willpower level event. It's like both are really not nice, but one is slightly less than the other. And that's where willpower comes into into really, really good use because that is where you need it. And much like title says, short term <laughs> and it's done. Yeah, you can you can do that every day. And that's that's the problem there. A lot of these short term victims come in, is, you know, like you, why would you want to do that every day? Like Christ, <laughs> why do you want to wake up and have a fight? I've done it. It's exhausting. It doesn't work. <laughs> Um, but you know, a really extreme example there. Sorry if you're eating. Uh, <laughs> Kyle puts his down a bit. Um, wait, how do you get that inner child on your side, Kyle? How do you align you know, your, your conscious you know, and come up with a better long term effective strategy? Well, there's a few. There's a few bits that kind of need to be done. I suppose first. First and foremost, if we're talking about like your well-formed outcome, let's go back to that first. Uh, is you have to know what it is you want, but you also have to need, you need to know why you yeah. want it as well. Um, we use the old analogy of the hammer and the nail, right? You, you don't want a hammer; you want to hammer a nail into a wall. But you don't want to hammer a nail into the wall. You want to put up a shelf. You don't want to put up a shelf. You want to display all your nice possessions. So it's like you've got to peel away at what it is you actually want. Um, so that's the first thing is you, you have to like when, you, when you're starting to set a goal you've got to be really clear on what the actual goal is a lot of people think a lot about the actual action or the behaviour or, or, or what not at a superficial level they don't actually think about um, what it is they're, they're trying to get out of actually doing that so you know we look at weight loss because you know fitness industry and all that this, this used to be one of the things that we used to irritate me about people coming in as well. Oh, so tell me a little bit about goals. What is it you want? Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to get rid of my bingo wings and I want to tighten up my bum. Right. Okay. Um, well, what can you tell me about that? Yeah, they're really flabby. Right. Um, so, well, you know, why, why do you want to get rid of them? Oh, because I just want to tone up. And, you know, and you, they're kind of stuck at this superficial layer but the, when you actually start chipping away it goes well actually the reason i want to lose that is because um i want to feel more confident okay well how how do you want to feel more confident confident doing what well i actually want to feel better within my relationship okay well, what does that mean well actually i want my other half to fancy me okay well, why do you want them to fancy it because i want to get more you know i want that intimacy i want that connection and i don't feel like i'm getting it so once you actually start digging away at what it is i actually want Interestingly, a lot of the time the actions change as well. It's like all of a sudden, um, well, it's not, well, actually, okay, well, 
I don't need to be working out six times a week and eating this really strict diet to have a better relationship with my partner. What I need to do is actually work on my relationship. That stuff, like the fitness stuff, is still relevant. It's going to help with my confidence in other areas, yes, definitely, but that's not actually the core issue. So now you're starting to get to the point, well, okay, we're, getting to the, we're starting to get to the core, the core of the problem here then. It's, that it's not about you want to get rid of your bingo wins you, just because you don't like the look of them. That might be part of it. The real thing is that you want a better relationship with your partner. So then that's not just about exercise anymore. That's about how you communicate. It's about how you spend your time. It's about maybe how you present yourself like, as you are. So, you know, this is get ditching qualifiers. So, you know, this whole thing, oh, well, I'll buy nicer clothes when I lose a bit of weight. Well, why not try and buy nicer clothes now? And, and, and you know, if, you, if doing your hair and makeup or changing your outfits is going to make you feel more confident now, yeah. And do that first. Still do the other stuff, but focus on the stuff that really matters. You know, so once you, that, this, is, this is where it all starts to come in. So now this is where you're starting to align your goals a little bit more. You know, you're starting to get to the crux of what it is you really want. And on the flip side as well, when you're looking to say, say you want to change a behavior. So maybe you do have like a, a, a behavior that you perceive as destructive. There's a couple of things you need to establish. One, you need to establish what the cost of that behavior is. So again, if we're talking about we're talking about fat loss um, as the goal as they've come in and they want to reduce that they, they want to stop eating the crap because they eat crap all the time because they feel their weight is affecting their confidence, which is affecting their relationship, blah, 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 blah. So it's all tied in. But we've already established that relationship is is the primary part of it. The other thing, like when you start looking at the, the, the destructive habit and you go, okay, so within the context of where you are now, your eating habit, you're eating or you're drinking half a bottle of wine and having a box of chocolates every night that you know consciously is, is obstructing where you want to go. What is actually, what's the, what is the cost of that? Well, one, it's slowing down my fat loss, fat loss results, which is slowing down my confidence, which is doing this, blah, blah, blah. The other thing is, well, why are you doing that? What is the need it's fulfilling? And this is where we start to get into that unconscious driver a little bit. It's like, okay, well, I do that because my relationship with my husband is not great. Um, It's easier just to sit and have a drink. It kind of numbs it a little bit. I get a bit of pleasure and comfort out of the chocolate, and we just sit there and watch telly, and and we do that. And but 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 the need that's being fulfilled is that is the comfort, the consistency, the fact that it gives them that little bit of a feel good, it gives them that little bit of a dopamine hit, whatever it. Even though it's destructive and it goes against what they say they want, it's actually fulfilling a need. And it might be a case of that actually, if we're looking at that relationship, my husband or my wife, will they actually enjoy sitting watching telly with food? So it makes me feel like I'm closer to them in some way, shape, or form because we're doing the same thing, even though we feel, even though I still feel disconnected and that we're not having the relationship that I want to have. You know, it, it, it's something that we do together, even though we're not together doing. We're, we're doing the same thing, but we're not really interacting. So then you start. You, you're starting to to start to see kind of what the need is and the need again in this case comes back to connection wanting wanting that intimacy that connection that that better relationship so 
you're starting to build like a bigger picture. So it's easier to start tackling things when you when you start to see what the unconscious drivers are. And in that case, it's it's relational security, isn't it? The threat is that my relationship's going down the toilet. I'm going to end up on my own and I'm going to die. Yeah. That's that's the unconscious pattern that's running. So it gets, so it goes to it sees the food as the comfort, consistency, as as some way of trying to maintain some sort of relationship. Um, an exercise doesn't really fit into that. It, it directly threatens it if you think about it, because it takes away from it. Oh yeah, because it's, it's dead. Yeah, like one hundred percent. So that, like you say, when I can now like in that context, you can really like clearly see like what why exercise won't be done because it threatens that connection. Yeah, I suppose the next stage, so again, just from my, like the way I'm thinking this through, is but how else can you get that connection? You know, what other way? Yeah. Bingo. Just thinking about the way. Absolutely. Is, like, and we spoke about this before. Is it, it, it nature and the brain abhors a vacuum? You can't just take something away. You have to fill it with something else. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you'll just revert back to what you were doing before. So once you've identified what that need is, and if that needs connection, um, then you have to find another way to fulfil that need yeah. to be able to progress. You know, and obviously it has to be something that's workable. And this is where the goal setting phase starts to kick in. It's like, okay, so now we're now we're starting to think in the terms of right, what sort of actions do we need to actually take that are going to get you to where you want to go? Because once you start, because this is a thing as well. Like once you start to replace that negative behaviour with something constructive, then you start to see results where you want to see it. All of a sudden, all of that exercise and other stuff, and all these things that you keep telling yourself you want to do but you don't it starts to become easier to actually start to do those things because you're now fulfilling the unconscious need that's holding you back. So it's like, it's like opening the floodgates almost. It might take a bit of time. Obviously all change takes time and energy, but, but once you actually get that block out of the way, it's like, it's, it's, it's like all of a sudden the child that didn't want to go to school realised that his best mate's going to be in school and now he wants to go. Trust me, I can vouch for that technique working. <laughs> oh, little Johnny's going to be in today and he's going to bring oh, in his man. new transformer. Oh, can we go now, Dad? Yeah, it's an amazing technique. And like you say, it still works in us as grown adults. It's the same technique. <laughs> It's the same principle. No. We're no different. Not a not, uh, basic yeah. level. We're exactly the same. Absolutely brilliant. We're all still five to seven years old. <laughs> Spitting our dummy, kicking the piss out of the front. I don't want it. Absolutely. So, yeah, when... I suppose the, the core of this really is thinking about if if... If you're looking at setting goals or you're finding yourself setting goals for yourself that you don't follow through or you feel like you're kicking tires and you're dragging your heels or, or things don't change or you don't change enough yeah. in, in some way, then then there's going to be some sort of unconscious conflict there and, and nothing's going to change until you actually start looking at what that unconscious drive is. What is that need that needs to be fulfilled that's not being fulfilled or, or the brain is perceiving as danger yeah. not yeah, being yeah. fulfilled by this other action, you know? This is where you do your ecology check. You're like, okay, so how is pursuing goal X actually having a, a detrimental effect on 
my um, homeostasis, my safety now? Uh, how is how is me increasing my exercise to four days a week in the gym actually potentially going to have a negative effect? Well, there's more time away from home. Um, it might mean that you know you have to give up time in your evenings where you would normally be spending time with your family. It might mean you have to get up earlier, um, which could have a which could mean that your partner then is under pressure in terms of sorting out the kids in the morning, or it could mean that. Um, you know, your work suffers because you're more tired. It could mean it could mean like a plethora of things, but you need to figure out what those things are and you need yeah, to deal yeah, with those yeah. just as much as anything else. Because while they're not being dealt with, if I, that ecology check's not in place, if you can't go at the end of the day, okay, this is a potential mitigating circumstance. You know, this is a, this is a potential problem. How do I nullify that? Or how do I minimise the impact? So, okay, well, all right, so... Maybe going to the gym four times a week is a little bit unrealistic, but what I can do is or, or I can do two sessions a week and then maybe another form of exercise at home or, I don't know, I'm just spitballing like, yeah, no, I get to I illustrate the point. But... Yeah, you, you need to perform those ecology checks and you know, if, if that means communication with someone, coming up with a different way to do it, so on and so forth, etc. But you know, if you don't do it, then you know, as we spoke about before, the fight or flight system kicks in, the threat response is there, bang. You know, however long down the line, it won't take long, you're back into those old habits. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, the, the, the tricky thing for a lot of people is actually getting in touch with those unconscious drivers because people are not necessarily willing to. I'm not. Uh, maybe that's not fair. Maybe it's not that they're not necessarily willing. They just they just don't really know how because we're so kind of um, prefrontal cortex all the time. We're always kind of wired and on the go, and where so much attention is demanded by our kind of conscious logical brain that there is kind of a disconnect between our, con- our conscious and our unconscious. And we don't necessarily know how to um, communicate. We, it's something that we forget to do and quite a lot of the time we, we, we actively ignore our unconscious drives a lot of the time now how many times you had a, have you had a gut feeling about something or you know and, and ignored it we all do it we all do it you know yeah so I mean, there, there are ways. One, but like the quick, obviously, the quickest way to to access your subconscious is to speak to somebody who knows how to get you there quickly. And this is where things like coaching and hypnosis and stuff are really helpful. But you don't need you don't necessarily need to have that. You just need to actually be willing to actually sit there and ask yourself the question and actually listen to the answer because you because you'll know it's there. It's part of you. Yeah, but the problem is you'll try and out logic it. Um, you'll come up with all kinds of reasons as to why it's wrong or nonsense. And here's the thing, right? You've got to remember that when it comes to this stuff, you're dealing with, like we said, you're dealing with a child. You've got to take rationality and logic a little bit out of the picture and take it a little bit at face value, you know, because you, you, you can out logic yourself all day long and this is and, and this, that becomes another problem in, in and of itself because you go too far down the logical thing when you go too far into rumination you're creating more threat so all you're doing is just creating more problems but if you if 
if you keep ignoring those unconscious signals, and it, it does come down to, say, like, the unconscious driver is, I want to feel safe, and you tell yourself, well, that's ridiculous, you're not in any danger, then you've essentially given that child a slap and said, shut up and get on with it. And, well, how, how's that going to work? No, it doesn't. It's going to kick and scream. Either you want or you know, you are trying to out-logic it, you know. But there's there's no such thing. Like, just ask a better question, you know. So instead of, like like Kyle said there, you know, like, instead of going like, well, you know, that's absolutely ridiculous. Now, okay, well, what do you need to feel safe? No, I need this, I need that. Okay, so then, and when that happens, you know, what's going to be the next best thing or the next result? Oh, well, it's this and that. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So could we get that somewhere else? Oh, yeah, well, we could do this. Oh, brilliant. Well, what about if we do that? Can we then go and, like, get fit? Oh, yeah, that's all right then. Bang. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting that you say that, right, because it is like you are dealing with a kid with a subconscious brain, right? But what you're dealing with, guys, like, if you, you know, you've got to bear in mind, this is like a child, okay, that's five to seven years old, having a temper tantrum. <laughs> But it's got the power of a supercomputer because right now, even when you don't realize it, right? Okay. And unless we draw your attention to it, like if you just slow your breathing down right now where you're on the podcast with us and just focus on the hairs on your hands, right? The hairs on your hands are currently measuring the ambient temperature of the air. <laughs> All right. Due to airflow going over them. Yeah. And then telling your skin what to do and feeding back to the brain what blood to send into your fingers. You're not even aware doing that is constantly ongoing and that's the kind of power that your subconscious brain has yeah and you've given that to a five-year-old you're fucked no um... <laughs> 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 um but that's that's the kind of power that it has it literally drives so much physically uh, physiologically and psychologically right in the brain and in the body yeah so if you don't get this thing on on your side yeah, you are fucked. Let's not let's not be around the bush. <laughs> well, uh, let's simplify that even more, right? The analogy of a new baby. Who has the power in a house when there's a new baby? Who dictates when everybody's awake, when they're asleep, when they get fed? Yeah, one hundred percent. So yeah, so the so the the goal really is you need to is for to make your goals work. If you're finding that you're getting stuck, is that you need to figure out what those unconscious drives are. You need to bring them into awareness. And until you bring them in, until you bring those unconscious uh, drives into your consciousness. So until you actually start to become aware of them, you're never going to deal with it. It's only when you start to become aware of it. And start to actually, you can then start reframing and, and using all those like simple techniques and, you know, questioning it and challenging the beliefs and everything that goes with all that. Once you, you can't do that until you're actually aware of what the problem is. So you've got to figure out what that is first. Sort that out, bring that all into alignment, and then happy days, the then way, you shouldn't have any problems moving forward. <laughs> this 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 takes time, and that, that's that's the thing. I think a lot of people are also a bit. Oh, but it takes a while to go through this stuff. Yeah, 
Okay, let's let's get bluntly honest. You didn't get just fucked up overnight, did you? Like this didn't just happen to you yesterday, did you? Uh, no, no. And, and honestly, something I'm going for. Oh well, I've been trying to do this. Like I'm going to use losing weight, like we said, because we could, you know, we are we were based in the fitness industry. Oh well, I've been trying to lose weight now for the last twenty years, and you expect all of the nerd stuff in your head to be unpicked and undone in ten minutes. Hmm. <laughs> No, you, you say that, but there are there are changes that can be made very quickly. You know, there are there are unconscious drivers like blockages that if you remove that blockage, which can can but depending on what it is and how deeply rooted it is and where it comes from and blah blah blah. But there are simple there are there are things that like people have gone on with behaviours for years and years and years, all because of one unconscious driver. But if you can unpick that and unblock that, which can be done with someone that knows what they're doing relatively quickly then you can start to see the, the shift can happen really quickly oh, the shift can be almost instantaneous it's it's the actual work yeah, that follows that is the bit that takes a lot of the time yeah the decision to change can happen in an instant yeah you're right that 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 you know like you said, whatever technique you know however you make that decision that can happen literally bang like that it's the the work afterwards i think that's probably more where i was going with that sorry good well 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 pointed out it's that work afterwards, and that, that's the bit that, like, I swear, a lot of people miss out, or they don't, they don't get told about, or you know, I suppose it's not. It, again, it's much like most things we spoke about in the industry, but it's not that bit's not sexy. It doesn't, doesn't sell your your twenty grand base. No. <laughs> no. Um, right, so not at all. I, I personally find this stuff fascinating. I've, I remember a story way back when I first started in the fitness industry. It was actually this lady in the gym. Like I was like 19, 20 years old. And I remember this. You just sort of bought into my memory, mate, by, by talking about this stuff. Is that this lady was like a 60-a-day-old smoker, like crazy, crazy level. And, you know, we spoke about it. She spoke to her doctor about it. And she's like, no, nope, not doing that. Don't want it. Uh, I like smoking. And I think I saw her a few months later. And I was like, oh, how are you doing? She's like, oh, I've quit smoking. And I'm like, okay, what happened? And... Anyway, long story short, transpired that one of her grandkids had got, uh, I cannot remember what form of cancer it was, but it got cancer, okay? And it was, it must have been some kind of respiratory based or, or blood cancer, that interesting, something along those lines, right? And it, so it had a heavy association with smoke. None of the parents smoked, right? right? Neither hmm. of the parents smoked. She was the only grandparent out of all of the grandparents that smoked. Now, it was never said, never directly did the oncologist say? Did any of the parents say? No one ever said. But in her brain, right, she linked that thing. And I'm telling you, she dropped this phantom. And as far as I'm aware, like I, I saw her over a few years while she was a member, she's never went back ever. Right? But like you say, that, that decision mm. in that moment, bang. No, I'm sure. Well, that's the, that's, that's the power of belief, isn't it? You know. At the end of the day, belief is kind of like one of the core core drivers. Yeah. Uh, but beliefs can change in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, oh man, what was I going to say? I was going <laughs> to say something, and it's fallen out of my head, which is really annoying because yeah, I think it was going to be really good next week. When you remember it, write it down. As soon as we get on next week, oh, I remember. I remember. <laughs> oh, I was going to. Bug the hell out of me now. What was it? It was ready. It was going to be. Go, go, go. Oh, yeah, it was to do with smoking. That was it. 
Going on a bit of a tangent, right? Here's an interesting fact for you. I don't know if you know this, but actually mm-hmm. nicotine's not not addictive. What is addictive? Right? Sugar. So there's two there's two things that make cigarettes addictive. One, the ritual of smoking, and the other yeah, thing is the amount that. of bloody sugar they put in it. Yep, that's why people often crave sugar when they stop smoking. Because oh, wow. it's a sugar that's craving. I've learned something new. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out nicotine is, is not actually an addictive substance. Yeah. So we, we, we did speak about this before. Actually, I think it was on the Safe Havens podcast, which wasn't actually published. But it's actually due to be published because I've got it set up ready to go. Um, but we were talking about, but again, smoking is another really good example of, of an unconscious driver overriding a conscious goal. So the conscious goal being, I want to quit smoking because I want to be healthy. But actually, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people smoke. You know, and, it's, and it turns out it's not nicotine. Sugar might play a part, but um, it, a lot of it's to do with the ritual. You know, people, it, we, we spoke about this before. When you smoke, what, what do you do? You take a long, yeah. slow inhaling breath, which yeah, has a calming yeah. effect. You know? You, you, take, you take yourself outside of the yeah, stressful you environment. You go outside to have yeah. a cigarette. It could, be a so, it could be a social thing. You know, you go and speak to... Go and have, yeah. a, have a social yeah. with your mate who's having a fag as well. So much. You know, there's, there's obviously the, the long-drawn breath, which is diaphragmatic activation. That activates the parasympathetic PMS, you know, the parasympathetic nervous system. That's the rest and digest calm down system in the brain, guys. You know, there's like Kyle said, there's an emotional one, there's an environmental change. You know, you you do that often enough, you create an anchor. <laughs> you know, you've got an emotional attachment with that. That means that that now means relaxation, social thing. Oh, there's there's so much involved in it. It's not just a case of yeah. Because let's get down to it. It's like oh, does does it help me? Does the nicotine and tar help me? No, it clogs your fucking lungs. You. <laughs> it's like it's like that don't help you. I don't know if you're in one tiny little bit. <laughs> yeah, but the other things they do <laughs> massively. Yeah. There you go. So we're giving you some, for anyone out there that's looking to quit smoking. Let's, there's something to look into. There, start exploring benefits. what the benefits. What are the benefits of smoking? Yeah. And uh, yeah, also you know that if sugar craving is part of it. You know, maybe up your fruit intake well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, some some top tips for you smokers out there. Well, part of um, part of what they do in hypnosis is part of what right, for the stop smoking is that actually you're first thing you do before you do any hypnosis is you actually challenge the actual beliefs and you and you actually look at what are the benefits you know because the hypnosis i'm going off on another bloody tangent here but hypnosis itself is one of those things that's got there's lots of mystique and misinformation about hypnosis right now hypnosis is one of those things you do to yourself all it is is just a certain state of, of consciousness where you go where you're basically accessing your um your unconscious brain basically you're you're connecting with that and it's usually through visualization or 
you know, maybe through sounds, but usually all these things, like all, whenever you get an image in your head or you hear a sound or something, that's, that's being processed or, or brought up by the unconscious brain. And the unconscious actually responds to um, sounds and pictures and it can't differentiate yeah. between reality and what's imagined. So basically what you're doing with, with hypnosis, whether it's self-hypnosis or guided hypnosis, is you're basically gaining access to your subconscious brain. You're, you're, you're tearing past what's called the critical factor. That's the thing that stops anything from sticking at an unconscious level. It's that critical part of your brain. It's like a, it's like a gatekeeper. It's like the prison guard. So, yeah. so, you've got, so imagine you've got a kid in juvie and you're the social worker, right? And you go and speak to the prison guard and you piss off the prison guard or he disagrees with you, he won't let you in. Whereas if you can bypass the prison guard and go and speak to the child, that's where you make the difference. Hypnosis works on the same principle. So all you're doing when, when it comes to like the smoking thing is you're reframing what smoking is. You're looking at what the unconscious drivers and the habits are and you're basically working with your subconscious to adopt new ways of fulfilling those needs and that's it you just do it through a process of visualization and that, that reinforces it which is which is how it works the, the smoking or whatever else you know that's how that's that's how the suggestions work because nobody can no one can hypnotize you and give you a, a suggestion that you're not willing to accept or that you that could be potentially harmful because yeah. your yeah, the, yeah. your brain won't allow it you know, so yeah, again, tangent, but yeah, we generally uh, someone who's good with hypnosis, they'll actually get the client to come up with su the suggestions themselves. So the client will will come up with a suggestion, but the hypnotherapist will help them get into that relaxed state where they're in a trance state and actually offer the suggestions that they've come up with, which helps it stick even more. So there you go. Yeah, hypnosis is really interesting. There's a lot of them. It's, it can be really powerful and really effective. And it's it's not some weird woo-woo thing that people make it out to be. It's just actually work. It, all you're doing is you're you're talking to somebody at a, a subconscious level instead of a conscious level. And when you're in a subconscious state, that's, that's, you're that's less critical. You're more accepting. Like a financial advisor, I think, and there's like an NLP coach and does like hypnotherapy. And as part of their money training retraining program, they actually get like they do some hypnosis with their clients, get them to choose like I say money affirmations or something along those or money statements, and then they get the client to record them in, in but in their own voice. I know, yeah, because obviously, like, the, the, let's be honest, oh, yeah, that's even more powerful, yeah. Of, you know, it's always there. We've all got it. Um, that fucking Karen. <laughs> all right. Karen deserves a slap every so often, right? But, you know, when that voice is, you know, when you're trying to change, like, those statements or something, like, you know, when it comes to your own voice, it's a completely different kettle of fish because your brain will be more willing to accept it. You know, like, let's say hmm. Kyle doing this and Kyle's hypnotizing me. Okay, you know, you are not a fat, lazy shit. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. All right. No, as an example, right? You know, you want to be healthier. I'm like, of course you do, Kyle. Whereas if, if it comes from me, it's like, Dave, you know you want to be healthier. You want to get out there and get fit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Dave, I do. <laughs> but all jokes aside, like, it is super powerful. And there we go. Dude, is there anything else? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just aware that outcast of uh, 30 minutes is becoming uh, a novel. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
We've got bonus <laughs> content today. Yeah, it's <laughs> become an epic. <laughs> no, nah, I'm all good. I think I'm pretty much um, talked out. So um, I don't think I've really got anything more to offer that wouldn't be just repeating what we've already said. On Facebook group, um, you can find us on. Oh, what other amazing, amazing. A mojo hub. What's that, Dave? Muppet note and um, awesome coaches. It's got all things fitness, all things coaching to help you basically rediscover your mojo. Um, have a search for us on Facebook. Um, what, what now we've changed technology, Kai? Where can our podcast be found? Because I'd be like, Oh, you can find us on Podbean. No, we can't, David, not anymore. You're on the different. <laughs> Well, David, our podcast can be found on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you can find your podcasts. However, I would like to point out the blind and the obvious, that if you're listening to this, you probably know that already. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I just wanted to say that, Kyle. I mean, we are actually on, we're on iTunes and Spotify. How did, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out anyone can get on there, on literally. Guys, thank you very much for getting in. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Please tell a friend if this was helpful. <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd like two listeners instead of one. <laughs> one of them not being me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cheers, Dave.